looking at individuals under the age of 35 in the Word of God who uh, serve the Lord. And this morning we're going to be looking at Timothy. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 16 and then uh, turn over to 1 Timothy. We'll look at four passages, but this will kind of give you a head start. Acts 16 and then 1 Timothy 1. So Acts 16 and verse 1, speaking of uh, Paul and Silas, it says, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them to they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. And so, uh, just an interesting note, um, when it says they came to Derby and Lystra, uh, Derby is 75 miles from Lystra. Back then, it's not like they were just neighboring towns like Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls um, or even Rathdrum, but um, Derby and Lystra, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty large area. Um, but Iconium was only 19 miles from Lystra. And this is the area that um, Timothy was from, was uh, Lystra and uh, Iconium. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 now. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. We'll just look at three verses here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus, and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. And then go down to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. <clears throat> but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then uh, I'll just read 1 Timothy chapter 4, 12, uh, the final verse we'll look at here. He encourages him, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And so I just read all these to just give us a kind of an overview. We'll, we'll refer back to these. Um, but first, I want to I consider some things that we can see from the Word of God concerning his description. We'll just get right into, into looking at Timothy. His description. In Acts chapter 16, if you go back there, it says, Acts 16.1, it says, Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. His mother and father are mentioned in the passage. Um, and in another passage, his grandmother Lois is mentioned. Um, it mattered not so much who his family was as, it, as much as it mattered who he was. 
Um, it is interesting that his family is mentioned. You know, we don't know anything about the, the family of Silas. We don't really know anything about the family of Barnabas and, and so forth. But what I want to focus in on is in Acts 16.1, it says, Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. We're looking at his description. He was a certain disciple. When Paul arrived back in um, uh, Lystra in Iconium, there was a disciple already there, and his name was Timotheus. Um, if a person in a church is not themselves a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, all else matters little. It doesn't matter who your father is. It doesn't matter who your mother is. It doesn't matter how godly they are. Um, you need to be a disciple. And in this instance, we see how it's mentioned um, regardless of how old he was, it just says, Behold, a certain disciple was there, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And uh, um, the first step of a young man or woman or child even is that they be a disciple. Just a disciple. It's not complicated. A follower of the Lord Jesus. Yes. From there, there's no telling where the Lord will take you. Mm. We all must start as a disciple just follow the lord and uh, um and then the lord takes over and leads us through life and timothy definitely goes on an interesting journey as we're going to see but this is where it all begins now he was a disciple in a church started by paul at least two or three years previously on paul's first missionary journey and so how Interesting it must have been, how exciting it must have been for Paul as he was going back out on the second missionary journey. Remember what stirred him initially when they were back in Antioch is he told Barnabas, he's like, let us go. I mentioned in a message recently, his driving force to get out of the church of Antioch again after he had been there for a long time was not to go out and evangelize. I'm sure he had, he wanted to see that, but what was, what was said, what we know motivated him was his desire to go and visit the churches and see how they're doing and so here he is he's beginning he's just getting into uh this trip going to see how things are and as he shows up at this one church people are like there's word getting around about this timothy guy this young man who's a disciple <clears throat> the city of lystra was where paul was stoned and left for dead outside the city paul suffered much so that the church in lystra might be established. He was already, in, on his first missionary journey, he was already enduring much for the cause of Christ. And here we see the fruit of his suffering, and oh, we see the rewards. The very town where he was left for dead is where Paul picks up a young man who is going to end up going with him and being at his side throughout most of the rest of Paul's uh, missionary endeavors. It's interesting how God works, isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting how God puts different people in our lives. People we didn't, we never saw it coming. When Paul arrived back in Lystra, I'm sure he was excited. He was in Derby and he saw what the Lord was doing there. And then he traveled 75 miles and he shows up in Lystra and wonders, well, I wonder how things are going here. And he ends up meeting this young man and, and hears some things about him. And Paul had no idea. Paul had no idea. The relationship that was about he had no idea as we will see later he was he was about to uh 
um, meet his son, <laughs> if you will. I mean, think about that. Sometimes the relationships that we end up having in life that God puts people in our life are so close. We saw that with Jonathan and David. They didn't see that coming. When they were growing, David's out keeping the sheep. Jonathan, the son of a king. Neither one of them could have ever anticipated what God was going to do in bringing someone in so close that saw things exactly the way that they saw things. And so here's Paul. He, he arrives in this town. There's a young man in the church. He has no idea what God was about to do. And so this young disciple, uh, he might have been living with his parents. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He wasn't 14 or 15. I can tell you that. Um, he was um, very mature. Um, he was not a child. It doesn't even say that he was a lad. It just says, Then came you to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple there was named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, a Jewess, and his father was a Greek. We know he's young because when he's pastoring at Ephesus, he says, Let no man despise thy youth, but that doesn't mean he's 16. You know, if you're 29 years old, pastoring a church of people who are 60 and 70, they're going to be like, what's this little whippersnapper going to tell me? I mean, we're funny like that. You, I mean, you don't even have any kids. What do you have to tell me about how to raise kids? You've only been married for three years. Timothy might have been married by the time he pastored in Ephesus. I don't know. But, but young is just young compared to whoever's older, right? And so we're good at criticizing and doubting well he's old and out of touch and and he just can't relate to us younger people and then the older people are like he doesn't have anything he can tell me because he's young and so anyway he was young but he I don't believe that this was a 12 15 right. 17 year old right. kid okay he was just a younger disciple who was a very mature we'll see he's a very mature uh, child of God um he had a father that was a Gentile and his mother, which was Jewish. I believe he came from a very good family. Just because his dad was Greek, it doesn't mean that he was a godless heathen. Um, his father was a Greek that had married a, um, a Jewish woman. And um, Timothy grew up in a house that had the scriptures. He had been being taught the scriptures from the time he was a child. And... Uh, um, the reality is, is that the church in Lystra would have been made up of primarily Greeks and Gentile, Gentile people. So just because his father was a Greek doesn't mean that, unless I'm missing something from some other scripture, it doesn't mean his, his father was godless. Um, um, and so <clears throat> it says here, there was a certain disciple, and it says in, in this passage also, he, he was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra, and Iconium. Isn't that interesting? Lystra and Iconium. He had a good reputation in more than one church. He was well reported of um, in more than uh, just his own church. That would be like a church in Spokane Valley, in one here, you know, like 19 miles away or so, in a day when transportation by was by animal or foot. So, um, he was available. One of the things I want to point out is Timothy is a young man, not yet an ordained minister. Um, there's, he was just, at this point, he's just a certain disciple who was well reported of. 
That's it. That's all we have of him. And, uh, and yet we see that he was a man in order to be well reported of in two different churches in the region, basically. Um, he was available in making himself of use in both places. It is very key that as a disciple, you want to be a disciple of Christ, you want to be a follower of Christ, that means that your life is not your own, right? It now belongs to the Lord. And it belongs to the Lord, first off, in a church capacity. We're to serve the Lord in the church. And if you're going to serve the Lord and you're going to follow the Lord as a new young disciple who doesn't yet know everything, none of us ever do, but the first thing you need to do is just make yourself available. And when people ask, we'll see this with Timmy, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but um, uh, when, he, when Timothy was asked, he just did. We see that. Uh, um, it wasn't Timothy's idea to go on a missionary journey. We don't see Timothy going to Paul and saying, hey, would you, would you be interested? I feel called to preach. That's also, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but I'll just say that most of the time in churches, what people do is they wait for someone to have an epiphany or, you know, um, come to this realization that this is God's plan for my life. And God has, I believe that God has called me to do this. And then we begin asking them to do things versus having a little bit of insight and seeing a little bit there. This guy really seems to love the Lord. This lady really seems to have a musical ability. She can really sing. I've heard her singing back there. And instead of asking if they might be willing to sing a special, asking if you might be willing to do things, too many times pastors and church leaders get frustrated because nobody's willing to step up and do anything. But nobody's ever asked them to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so what we see here, through actually... I am totally going down a rabbit trail. But what we see in the book of Acts, I was thinking about this a lot while I was studying, and I decided I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm just going to talk about it. So the thing is, is what we see in the New Testament, and even in the Old Testament, is that men of God would find people who had ability and loved the Lord, and they would bring them, they would grab them, snag them, <laughs> snatch them up, and be like, hey, come with me, come over here and help me do this. Right? Right. That's just... That's what we need to do. And uh, um, too many times it's easier to sit around and complain how people don't have a desire to serve the Lord. Nobody ever does anything. And I just, so many times when I hear people complain, it's like, well, when did, have you asked? So anyway, I'm done with that. All right. So um, his character, he was willing to serve when asked. Getting back to him. He was willing to serve when asked. In verse three, it says, him would Paul have to go forth with him. It was Paul's idea, not Timothy's. But Timothy is the minister. Timothy's the guy who's going to end up, but it was Paul's idea. Him would Paul have to go with him. And uh, so we see that Timothy left his hometown, where we know his parents were. He left his hometown and set out for the unknown. The absolute, complete unknown. It's so unknown, I don't think we can truly appreciate the cultural impact of how this was on these societies there before three four years prior to this there was no such thing as a christian church the christianity wasn't a thing and so he grew up in a society that was heathen and now three four years later he's become a disciple and he's going to set out with this guy from (laughs) who came up from antioch who started the church but 
He's going to go out and he's going to be part of doing whatever it is that Paul does. And he's heard, I mean, remember, Paul was left for dead in this town. And he's going to go with that guy and head out as an, uh, into the unknown. And he's like, yeah, absolutely, I'll go with you. Amen. And so um, Silas wasn't even part of the first missionary journey, and he's going with him too. Acts 17, uh, 14, it says, Then immediately, I'm just going to go through and read some scriptures real quick, on when Paul, when Paul would send him, and he just would do it. Um, Acts 17, 14, And immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go, as it were, to the sea. This is after Thess, uh, Thessalonica and Berea. And due to persecution, they, they sent Paul away for safety. But Silas and Timothy abode there still. Now, this was only maybe a year, maybe a year after he went with Paul. What happened at Thessalonica, Philippi, and all that, that was happened real quick um, after uh, Timothy started serving with him. And here, Paul is leaving him with Silas in Berea, where it was a very, very dangerous situation, by the way. And so it says, And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for him to come with him, with, to him with all speed, they departed. They finally arrive when Paul is in Corinth sometime later. Um, they never did end up meeting up with Paul in Athens. In Acts 19, Paul sends Timothy and Erastus, Erastus into Macedonia. In Acts 20, we see that Paul is traveling with seven men from six different cities. I saw, thought this was interesting. Paul's entourage now wasn't with people from Israel. It wasn't Jews. The, Paul's missionary team was made up of Gentiles from all these different cities. Um, it was uh, um, In this passage in Acts 20, we see Paul is traveling with seven men from six different cities. And Timothy is listed as one of them. In 1 Corinthians 14, 17, it says, For this cause I have sent you unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So by this time, Paul is sending Timothy solo to go to Corinth to teach him and help him uh, in the things of the Lord. Uh, Paul, before his final departure from Ephesus, uh, Paul went on one last trip into Macedonia and then was going to be going on to Jerusalem. And on that instance, he leaves Timothy in Ephesus where he would become the lead pastor eventually. Um, it was a very large church with many elders, but it's clear from Paul's letter to Timothy that he was the one who was ultimately responsible uh, for the church. At least that's how I view it. I was looking at that and I was like, man, there was bishops, plural, and elders there, and, and so forth, but um, it seemed to me like that was, the, that was what was going on there. Um, let's consider his apprenticeship. Uh, you know, nowadays, a guy says, I feel called to preach. The first thing that the pastor recommends many times is, well, you need to figure out which Bible college you want to go to. Our church is associated and affiliated. In fact, our church was started, practically, by this Bible college over here, so we think you should go there and get on this preacher assembly line and all come out looking the same and preaching the same and everything and keep doing what we're doing here. Oh, the thing is, is oh, that's not really how it happened right. in the Word of God. Right. There, was school, there was a school in Ephesus, and there's nothing wrong with schools. But the way in which it's done today in this big machinery of Bible colleges, it's, 
in my opinion, it's not scriptural. Um, and so, but what we see here is there's an apprenticeship. It's an apprenticeship. Right. It's like a lot of times in trades, you want to learn how to be an electrician, work with an electrician. You want to learn this, you know, carpentry, whatever. You're out on the job, you're working, you want to be an arborist, go start working as an arborist. If you study for two years how to climb trees and how to do this and this and this, I mean, until you actually get out there and start doing it, you know. Um, and what we see here is what an awesome opportunity to actually serve your apprenticeship under the Apostle Paul. <laughs> On the fly, traveling. Because a lot of what goes into the ministry is more than just what happens right here, right? It's dealing with people. It's enduring persecution. It's, there's so many different things that are involved, how to talk to people, how to relate. All this real-world situation stuff, this is what Timothy uh, was going to be seeing immediately as you consider their missionary journey. Uh, as they left his hometown, the first thing happened, it says, and they continued on their way confirming the churches. So Timothy's first thing that he saw once he got out of his little home church was he saw Paul. He's just, it would have been so interesting to see how, you know, what was going on with Timothy. But he's seeing Timothy, Timothy's seeing Paul and Silas going in, and he's seeing them confirming the churches um, and encouraging them and, and getting them more squared away on doctrine and, and any questions that they might have and all of this. He sees the confirmation of churches. And then the next thing that he sees is the example of Paul and how important it is to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. He's seeing firsthand, because what happened right after this, and they confirmed those churches, they desired to go into Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbade them. Timothy would have been there, and he was part of the conversations. And then the Holy Spirit directed them to go into Macedonia, and they ended up going to Philippi. And so he saw firsthand what happens when you follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. They go to Philippi, Lydia is saved in her household, the jailer. He sees Paul get arrested in Paul and Silas. He saw them get arrested and beat and put in stocks. The earthquake happened. You know how the story of the, the jailer getting saved. Timothy was part of all that. This is his apprenticeship. And then they go from there. And he saw, I wonder if he wondered, Paul, why aren't we stopping in this town? Because they left Philippi. And it says, and going through this city and this city, we came into Thessalonica. Well... If we're out here starting churches, why don't we go from Philippi to this town? And then doesn't that make more sense? But for some reason, they went from Philippi up here, and then they went all the way down here. And it says specifically, going through this city and this city, we came unto Thessalonica. He got to see firsthand why we go here and why we don't go here. And what was the conversations that were happening? It was the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so um, you don't get that in school. Um, and then he saw Paul face down firsthand, face down a demon-possessed woman, casting that demon out, which resulted in the young woman being freed of the evil spirit. Um, he was being taught by Paul and others concerning the scriptures. First Timothy, Second Timothy three, we've already read it. He says, "But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them." Well, who did he learn them from? I mean, he read the scriptures and he had the scriptures growing up before he was a disciple. But 
he primarily learned what he's been, everything that he had been taught. He heard it from the Apostle Paul and Silas and the other men of God who were with him. And now that he's on his own, is telling them, continue in those things which you have learned. Oh, but in this passage, notice primarily the reliance for Timothy is to be on the scriptures, not just Paul. He says, remember who taught you, but his confidence was in the scriptures. I don't care who taught you, who taught me. My confidence is in the scriptures. I should not believe what I believe because my dad or my pastor or whoever taught me that. I need to preach and teach what I do because thanks to their teaching, it has led me to be convinced by the Holy Spirit that this is true. And whatever I come to believe that this is how I think that this should be, then... That's what I should do is follow the scripture, right? Because in this passage, he goes on, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Scripture, not teaching of men about the scriptures, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every all good works. So in this passage, while he's reminding him who taught you, being the Apostle Paul, that carry, does carry a lot of weight. But it's the scriptures. Yeah. It is, this is a powerful, powerful book. And uh, um, this is where our confidence is. These are the words of God. Yes. And so um, that's where this young preacher was to have his confidence. Oh, base all of his belief system is supposed to be out of the scriptures. Um, I want to consider next who he was to Paul and how Paul viewed him in ministry. I really like this section of the study. What, was, what did Paul think of Timothy? In, uh, turn to Romans chapter 16. Um, I'll read some of these and we'll turn to some of them. There's a lot of verses. I was, I was surprised as I went down through what Paul thought of Timothy. <clears throat> I thought about printing out a, a list just to hand out, but um, the first thing that we see, I want us to look at is Paul ended up, remember, I'll just back up for just for more appreciation. Remember what I said when Paul went into Lystra, Lystra, to confirm that church, he had no idea who God had waiting there for him in this young man. And keep that in mind as we look through now and see who Timothy became to Paul. Um, a work fellow. Uh, first thing I want us to notice in Romans chapter 16, I don't have the verse written down here. He says, Timotheus, my work fellow, and Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsman, salute you. So in this he says, Timothy, Timotheus, my work fellow. Um, Paul gives praise uh, to Timothy, to the Corinthians. Um, He says, now if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord, as I also do. So he considered him his work fellow in chapter in Romans to the Corinthians 
he complimented Timothy and he's encouraging them how to receive them. And he says, he worketh the work of the Lord. What an awesome, from the Apostle Paul, to be considered this young man. He can say of him with confidence, he worketh the work of the Lord. That should actually be the desire of all of us. But um, you don't have to be a preacher or a pastor to work the work of the Lord. But that was his compliment to them. He says, as I also do. And then he was a work fellow, not just in travel and helping with the physical needs, which I'm sure he did. Being a young man, he would have been a great help. There's a lot of things that go into ministry. And there, so here was this um, help with him there. But it was more than him just helping in that way. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1 says this, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what's the time frame of this when Timotheus was preaching? Paul was preaching, Silvanus, uh, Silas was preaching, and Timothy was preaching. When? When they first went to Corinth. He's reminding them, when, I, when we first went to Corinth and we preached unto you, He's talking about the message that they preached is the emphasis of this. But he says, I preached it, Timothy preached it, Silas Silas preached it. Well, this was only two years removed from Lystra. I mean, it was very quick. They had gone from Lystra to Philippi. They weren't there very long. Went to Thessalonica. They really weren't there very long. In Berea, Athens, and then Corinth. And in that time... When they're there, Timothy's already preaching the gospel unto them, preaching the same gospel as Paul. And so, um, uh, these are words from, from Paul. Uh, his son, and he considers him to be his son in the faith. Uh, we're pretty familiar with this passage, but I'll just read these. First uh, Timothy 1 says, Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. Second Timothy 1, 2 says, To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience with that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. And notice what Paul in this, I'm reading this because we see what Paul sees in him yes he calls him his son here but he goes on he says greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that i may be filled with joy when i call to remembrance the unfeigned faith the unpretentious the real deal the true faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother lois and thy mother eunice and i am persuaded in thee also i suppose if someone wanted to say that his father wasn't saved and you know, he was Greek and he wasn't saved. It mentions that his mother and grandmother had faith and doesn't mention his dad. But, um, but then he goes on and he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And so in these passages we see that he's considered to be Paul's son in the faith. Um, and then he considers him his brother. So he's his work fellow. He's his son in his faith. And then I want us to consider how he's his brother. Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 1.1 1, 1, while I read Colossians 1.1. 1, 1. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 1.1. 1, 1. 
in Colossians 1.1, it begins, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother. In 1 Corinthians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth with all the saints which are in all Achaia. It's a... The relationships that are among the people of God are the most special relationships in all the world of all types of relationships. Think about it. I mean, we have relationships that are closer among the people of God than our own family, our brother. Um, This is speaking of who we are in the family of God. Um, Work fellow, just a purpose in life our mission in life. We have people who are there to stand by us and do the work with us. We have family relationship in this other way, different aspects, his son and the faith. And then he also considers um, Timotheus to be a minister of God. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 3, 1, <clears throat> says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus our brother and minister, he has three titles here. Timotheus, our brother, and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and comfort you concerning the faith. Once again, notice how soon after leaving Lystra that Timotheus, that that situation when Paul went to Athens and Timotheus was left behind, oh, I believe that this is this instance, Um, because Athens is mentioned there. Um, And he was left in Athens alone. And he says, And sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel, to establish you and comfort you concerning your faith. Once again, I believe that quickly, this young man was already having that kind of an impact and could be relied on. But Paul, in this passage, I just want us to notice, he's considered to be, by Paul, to be a minister of God. And then, a servant of Jesus Christ. Just that, right there. How much more important is it to be a servant of Jesus Christ than to be a servant of Paul, Mm, even? He was a fellow laborer with Paul. He was a brother of Paul. He was all these other things. He was the son of Paul. But Paul was also just, just a servant of God. A servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, oh, yes, all these things tie together. But just if you consider what a privilege it is that we, people as we are, as sorry as we were, can actually be considered to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a pretty high honor. Uh, Philippians 1.1, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ. To all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Is there a higher calling? Is there a bigger title? That's the servants of Jesus Christ. And then the spiritual gift that is in Timothy. I want to just notice this as we conclude. I'm just about done, so don't get too nervous, Brother Berg. All right. The spiritual gift in Timothy. And prophecy concerning him. Um, Before we get into this, um, 
you're, you're well aware that in the early church there was speaking in tongues. There was the gifts of healing for a while. There was prophesying that would go on. Right. Um, just basic prophesying. There's going to be a famine down in Judea, and so the churches were able to gather money ahead of time and stuff. Um, there were prophets in that way. Um, and these things over time, we believe, have ceased. Um, but um, in the beginning... Timothy stood out in the churches of Lystra and Iconium. We, we saw that. But there was a special gift that Timothy had, and it was given to him. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.13. Go ahead and turn there. 1 Timothy 4.13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Mm-hmm. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee, notice this, by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Uh, that is, by the laying on of the hands of the elders of the church. Most likely, I believe this would have been the church in Lystra before he was sent out with Paul. He would have been ordained and sent out. Um, I think that's what was going on here. Um, the church there had recognized uh, that he, his, his character, his quality, just like any other church. I believe he was sent out to do missionary work with, uh, with Paul out of, with, out of Lystra. But when this happened, um, he received a special gift. Um, I don't think it's just, it's not the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, God gave different gifts, special gifts to men back then. God still gives special gifts to men today. Um, it's not necessarily happens when someone is ordained and all of a sudden they have the gift of, of whatever. That's not, how, that's not how it works. But in this instance, um, he received a special gift with laying on of hands. Now, compare that, though. That's not the only place that it talks about it. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.18 says, I'll wait for you to get there. Um, in that passage, it, it mentioned prophecy. Um, it said specifically, um, the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands. Now compare this with 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies that went on, which went on, or which went, my word, I need to stop paraphrasing when I read According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might, mightest war a good warfare. I believe that evidently there had been some prophecies, plural, concerning him and about what he was going to do in the ministry, about what God had called him to do. There was a recognition in some way he had a special gift. And it had been known. So I believe that at the church in Leicester, it wasn't just that he was of high regard and he was serving the Lord there. I believe that, they, they, that prophecy had been made concerning him. And I don't know if it was just when Paul got there or something special happened during his ordination. But he had a gift. And he's being encouraged here to stir up the gift that is in thee. And it's mentioned in two different times concerning the prophecy that was made about you. Um, the prophecies which went before on thee. Um, and so I read a couple other commentators on that just to see if I was out of whack and um, they agree with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was right 
I must be right. That's just what I believe. And I think if you consider this isn't something for today, that there were prophecies that went out, that happened back then. It, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary at all for that to have happened. Timothy had, without a doubt, Timothy had God's hand upon him in a very special way. And he was greatly used of God. Let's go back to those introductory words as we conclude concerning Timothy. Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. I like that. There was just a certain disciple there named Timotheus. From the perspective of Timothy, his only inclination early on as a young man, his only inclination was just to be a follower of Christ. Mm. When a person is saved and they truly love the Lord, they just want to serve the Lord, they just want to follow Christ. And when you are sold out for God, when you just want to do what the Lord does, and you just are willing to follow as He leads, and you're willing to let Him open the doors, Doors will fly open and opportunities will present themselves to serve because the Lord wants us to serve. The problem with people is they want to do as little as possible and get by with doing as little as possible. But if you are surrendered and willing to serve, God is going to use you. And, uh, oh, he walked through open doors. He did not try to pry doors open. He was surrendered and willing to serve. And here came the apostle and snatched him up and took him on a journey that he never looked back and he became something he could have never imagined, right? And, oh, he didn't try to pry doors open. He did not seek his own ministry. He served, and he served, and he served, and then he was placed in position where he could do more and more and more. Oh, he did not care about titles. Um, he could not possibly have envisioned the life he would have, the relationships that would develop, the miracles he would see, the responsibilities that he would end up having. And as I conclude, only God can do that with our life. I mean, it's amazing if we're surrendered what God will do with our life. Are we willing to truly be a disciple of Christ and say, not my will, but thy will be done? If we do, God will bless us greatly and we'll be able to be used.